Hello Subhu, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. So we are seeing getting some rains. Yeah. I, I think at least the temperature is cooling down slightly. Yeah. So I think this week we are going to talk about news. Yeah. And After the last week bitching about the global warming, I think it kind of cooled down a bit. <laughs> I don't know, maybe it helps. <laughs> okay, so, so I think uh, to begin with, uh, there was a story about uh, Apple trying to invest mm-hmm. big in India. I think the recent uh, quarter results, they said that India is very important because globally they are kind of very, they are seeing a saturated growth. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you also feel that SE is more targeted towards India and China? I don't think so because looking at the price point, uh, I still feel it's too expensive. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, if you compare that and considering the small form factor what the phone brings in, okay. I don't think it is adding anything significantly, mm-hmm. at least for a market like India. But it looks like uh, their uh, phone maker uh, Foxconn uh, is in talks to build I think at least several plants across India yeah. uh, which is going to be primarily targeted for manufacturing phones to be sold in India but I think they are also targeting to export uh, from here so which is seems to be a big at least promising news yeah. that they are trying to uh, get into India in a serious way. That's true and just for the listeners sake, Foxconn is a company, it's a Chinese, China based company which right. basically produces most of the iPhones. Uh, yeah, not only iPhone, they are also supplying a uh, lot of hardware components for companies like Xiaomi, mm-hmm. um, Acer, Sony, uh, so they are a big player in this space, right? Right. And uh, I mean, one of their biggest business uh, which they do is for primarily for Apple, I believe. I mean, uh, why do you think uh, Apple is set, I mean, coming to setting up manufacturing facility via Foxconn? That's what they, they, they don't have their own manufacturing facilities. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, I think even uh, in China, it is primarily um, by Foxconn, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it is pretty much in alignment with what they are doing globally. And I, I also feel, I, I think Apple is spending a lot of energy and time and investment in terms of uh, training employees on a particular specific yeah. mode in which the product needs to be built, the QC controls. No, I think they are not new to that. If uh-huh. you remember uh, before Nokia shut shop in India. Uh, you are talking about Foxconn, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, they were uh, actually having a huge plant in, in Chennai, mm-hmm. you know, on the outskirts of Chennai. And they were primarily manufacturing for Nokia. Uh-huh. Right? So it is not new for them. So they know how things work here. They know probably the, what's the um, labor market here, uh-huh. the skills they get. So is in many ways like the TCS in Infosys of India where they do a client specific service projects which are like on the software side. I think right. we seeing similar like Foxconn is a kind of a hardware manufacturer for different right. OEMs in US. So one, the Nokia, uh, the plant what they had, I think uh, Foxconn was sharing the same compound basically. Okay. Uh, so they were on the same area next to each other. Okay. Um, so I think I think these guys just sourced the materials from Foxconn and they were assembling the phones. I think so. But so uh, so even though they do for different clients, I think Apple probably also having Correct. like just kind of their own manufacturing processes to be. 
So, which is also a, probably if it happens, it's a big boost for this Make in India campaign. Correct. It, it's, a, it's a big boost as well. But the problem is that Apple may not be able to do that alone or with any other partner because mm-hmm. I think they have to route it via Foxconn, which is like, again. Yeah. Maybe they, there is no other bigger companies in India who is ready to do such thing. Right? Yeah, that could be one thing. And second thing could be the amount of uh, process in, in right. investments what uh, Apple has made. They can just kickstart that in no time, basically. Yeah. So, we talked about Nokia. Nokia, uh, as we know, is now into uh, the IoT space and they are also into... Uh, application side uh-huh. uh, analytics and all. Did we move to the second story? Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> uh, so do you want to talk about that? Uh, the Nokia's yeah, uh, sure. pitch okay. in or betting on India's e-commerce sector. Yeah. So I mean, like in, no, once Nokia uh, sold their mobility division to Microsoft, uh, and I don't see uh, there's much of attraction on Windows Mobile market also Correct. as well. Uh, so. So Nokia has completely exited of mobility business in India about few years back and then now they are primarily into the application infrastructure part of mobility, the GSM operations right. and stuff like this. But what we are seeing now is that they are moving into a space where which is like the IoT and, uh, uh, and the both sensor based technologies. They have a good uh, leg room here because uh, the one of the biggest areas for IoT is the connectivity. Right. And uh, this, since they are already in the, inf- I mean, the infrastructure business, it should help them to move or innovate much faster than anybody else on that direction. Right. That's something I feel just like uh, should be a great move if they can set up this laboratory here and then the R&D can grow. And somehow we, I have seen at least Nokia was able to successfully use, I mean, leverage India's R&D ability globally. I've, there are very few companies I've seen who were able to do that. I think. So their R&D center, which is in Bangalore, it's very very small now, right? It looks like. Yeah, because I think the one they had, they have already uh, transferred most of the employees right. to Accenture, and uh, and the yeah. sold uh, many of them left Nokia and stuff like that. So. Uh, with all the proper transition and stuff like that they were doing it. Uh, so now the new one which they are trying to set up is like primarily around our, uh, internet of things actually. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so we don't know how many people are, are they going to go no. into big recruitment drive for their yeah. IoT center. I don't so know. We don't know so much. Yeah. Right. And they are also focusing their investment around acquiring some of the healthcare, uh, healthcare IoT space also. Okay. So I think that is also another big business which is kicking in here. Yeah. And probably that could be automation and healthcare could be one of those areas where IoT would see the first life light of implementation. Yeah. yeah. So talking about uh, the software side, um, I think Visa is also betting big, um, and they are, uh, I mean, setting up a huge R&D center uh, in Bangalore, mm-hmm. and I think they are uh, focusing on creating a lot of APIs. Yeah. And I also heard they are going to push some blockchain based yeah. services or api right yeah so so the the i mean the, there is a quite a bit of talk around this blockchain so blockchain is basically kind of a protocol which we did a show yeah. i think i think several shows back <laughs> uh, now i think uh, there is quite a bit of buzz around yeah uh, blockchain there are even articles recently i studied how it could be as big as google actually yeah, like it's like fundamentally kind of uh, it. It could become something like an, how HTTP for internet. It could right. become something for finance. 
though there is quite a bit of uh, i mean like in terms of who really wrote the right. application protocol and stuff like that is in debate uh, there is uh, somebody from australia is claiming it and there is the other guy was quite so but if we leave that alone as a as a technology it could basically something revolutionize how the finance is basically done especially in terms yeah. of the transactions as well as the contractual systems as well as the stock market and those some of those areas which it could redefine some of those hot sectors actually right but that's a, that's all details we have we don't know much about what are they actually trying to do uh-huh. that's something is not clear actually okay so in continuing in that uh, <coughs> what's the next story which is about is it about airbnb you want to talk about or? it's about again lack of loss in india <laughs> <laughs> yeah so <laughs> so airbnb i think uh, listeners uh, who don't know i think they are a, a big aggregator yeah, of uh, shared space yeah. shared space right so basically if you own an apartment or a home uh, which is something uh, is lying vacant uh, you can put it on their platform and you can Uh, rent it out for let's say tourists and whoever wants to have a temporary stay yeah. kind of thing it's just kind of uber for your house yeah uh, so we have similar aggregators like that in india uh, but i don't think they are in that space yeah. like oyo rooms for example they are but they are more, more on a hotel on the commercial yeah. side of things uh, the small uh, or the the i mean below 3 star hotels yeah. the small hotels they are aggregating so with airbnb it is even if you are on an apartment you can probably right. have a vacant room or something you should be able to share and stuff like that. so what is the law requirement there the story actual story see airbnb has its own share of problems right <laughs> if you see in globally also there were a lot of instances where Uh, the apartments got ransacked yeah the the tenants who came and stayed in that space they literally destroyed many apartments including the valuables in in that home so yeah. it, so it becomes a big bigger nightmare uh, in, especially in, in, law on law issue right? right in many ways it is like i see the parallels between that and uber actually uh, in both in terms of the model as well the problems what airbnb had initially there are we are seeing similar ones yeah and I, and i think that's where uh, there is still no clear law or policy around this sort of uh, i mean rent out spaces right yeah. so i think this falls under the india tourism ministry and there has to be some level of norms needs to be uh, established for home sharing in india that's what airbnb is opening and they are betting big i think they are saying the market uh, india market could be as big as 40 billion dollars yeah. by 2020 so yeah. it's pretty big yeah. All numbers from coming out of India is becoming bigger, right? <laughs> <laughs> and also, I think uh, it is giving more pressure. Uh, I mean, to the government to create laws yeah. for these sort of newer uh, models. Yeah, correct. So I think the essential here is that the pace at which the technology is coming in. The, right. the, we need probably about a ten law ministry uh, sitting here and doing. completely 24 hours <laughs> creating this policies and frameworks actually which is a good sign in yeah it's extremely good sign but uh, they also need to wake up actually is uh, because the pace at which these are happening uh, it needs to be addressed fast and early on actually before so, before actual any bad incidents happening yeah. so more promising i think uh, we 
we spoke about in the previous episode of uh, Google's and Microsoft's Wi-Fi yeah. programs in India. The, right? the next big fight which is going to happen in India is all about giving connectivity. Right? Yeah. So uh, we we have been seeing the share from Facebook trying to do free. Right. And uh, uh, Microsoft's white space and then Google's uh, balloon. What is that? Project. Yeah, Project Loon. Actually. Project Loon. Yeah. So now they have, uh, this was announced. Uh, I think. sometime last year uh-huh. so now it is operational in three stations in Hy- in the uh, hyderabad uh, uh, so raipur kachiguda pradesh telangana yeah. area actually right so uh, it is uh, vijayawada kachiguda and raipur uh, stations yeah. um, are completely wifi enabled which means free <laughs> wifi so and i think looking at what they announced uh, you, you could even see a hd video looks like <laughs> <laughs> the last place you want to go and connect your devices <laughs> but yeah maybe it's, it's it's a good sign yeah it's uh, if you have provided if you have a vpn and stuff like that it should be good uh, i wouldn't put my device on any free wifi even if it's from google i would <laughs> that's the last thing i would connect as <laughs> anyway so i think lot of people doesn't care about that yeah. as long as they are able to see some free videos and all that they <laughs> so uh, talking about that uh, the hugely popular whatsapp yeah service um, they have launched a desktop app yeah right. uh, for both windows as well as mac mac, yeah, right, uh, mac right, platforms yeah. uh, previously i know they had a web version of whatsapp mm-hmm. uh, so th- this is a, a native uh, desktop client client yeah um so what it helps i mean you really don't care about whatsapp but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but i think what it helps is if you want to share links between oh, okay. let's say when you are at work you want to uh, use something on the desktop okay. you want to share some links from phone to this right, right, right. Uh, and possibly you can type much faster okay <laughs> <laughs> so you do you know how it works I don't know actually. I mean, uh, the web app was having a very different model where they had there since they don't they don't have authentication. They used to have something like a web ID, uh, so which used to generate a QR code from the device, and then your uh, the the desktop app needs to basically scan the QR code, and then from there it syncs and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know much details about it, but as far as I know, uh, they had a model where. they were doing a lot of background syncing between the device and the the web i mean the 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 client you have in your desktop uh, i don't know much detail about it so we so, need to probably see how it works actually yeah and uh, now that they have enabled end to end encryption you said you will rethink your decision <laughs> i don't think i'll use it <laughs> no you're still resisting no, still i'll be out of facebook and whatsapp <laughs> okay let's see <laughs> so they are making it more compelling now that it's there. I mean, Mac everywhere. So, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> okay. So talking about products, uh, we talked about smartwatches sector. I think in in one of our past episodes. Right. Uh, I think one of those. That's our first episode. I think. Yeah. Right. And one of the successful smartwatch platforms today, after uh, Apple Watch and not our Android. Yes, I mean set of devices is Pebble. Yeah, and, and that is one of those. The back story there is Pebble is one of the. I mean, the first products came in Kickstarter. 
Correct. Uh, if you remember, it's a crowdfunding. They did twice actually. Yeah. So Kickstarter is one of those early. Uh, the Kickstarter is one of those most successful projects of Kickstarter as uh, Pebble actually. Yeah. So they did the original Pebble, which is a classic. Classic. Uh, yeah. With Kickstarter, and that's how they established the company. Uh-huh. Their newer model, which is the Pebble Time, okay. that was also a hugely successful uh, Kickstarter campaign. Uh-huh. Uh, they raised millions of dollars, and I think they built and delivered that. Uh, and they also have another model which is the round shaped pebble. Uh, I have one which is the older, uh, right. the original pebble steel. Uh, but the new series, you don't need to actually ship from US yeah. and go through all the pains of paying the shipment fee and all those things or asking somebody to get it from US. So they are now directly selling in India. Right. And uh, looks like they are also going to offer uh, service support. Okay, that's uh, the key, right? Yeah. yeah. So how Fitbit is now pretty popular? Yeah, uh, I think I see so many people wearing Fitbit now. Yeah, so I think the three, uh, two of them are dominating right now. Fitbit and Xiaomi's uh, health band or something is just. Yeah, I, I see that everywhere. I actually. don't like the Xiaomi's health band. <laughs> it looks absolutely dumb piece of rubber <laughs> you wear on your wrist. Yeah, yeah, but Fitbit is 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 quite popular actually. Yeah, yeah I see so I many people, people are wearing, wearing it. Actually. Yeah. So I think Pebble, if you ask me. It is not a compelling smartwatch. I've been using okay. it for more than I think close to two years now. Mm-hmm. It's okay, just yeah. uh, good for a few things, uh, especially when you are driving. Or, yeah. I mean, when you are biking or going on a motorcycle, it is useful for. I mean, seeing yeah. uh, who is calling, calling you, and if you want to just move to the side and take the call, or you just want to ignore, you can right. do it on the rest. And also, music control is another thing I like, <laughs> especially riding. Okay. These are the only two things I like. Otherwise. Nothing great. Yeah, isn't that category itself is that boring actually? I mean, it is looking, yeah. looking that I think uh, the only thing which is probably useful in that category is probably the health, yeah. health part of yeah. it. And yeah. Pebble is not known for that. Right. They really don't have any significant capabilities there to promote it as a health band. Correct. Yeah. But that takes a lot of. I mean, like you need a lot of background work in terms of building in a platform and stuff like that. Yeah. But I think Garmin is doing a very good yeah, job. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think they recently announced a new model. Yeah, right. Um, I think it's 725 or something. Correct. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Which is like really, really good. Yeah, but it is really premium, right? It's about it's $500. Not $500, yeah. But considering what you pay for Apple Watch, and if right. you if you are a fitness guy, yeah, I think they cover multiple sports. Yeah. Uh, embedded GPS. Correct. Uh, even things like they have these additional accessories like your you can heartbeat monitor. Yeah. I, I think that comes with the built-in heartbeat monitor. Yeah. If you want more precise, yeah, right. more, yeah. you can even buy the belt which yeah. is still separate. Right? Yeah. Which is not based on the infra, uh, infrared uh, which pass through the skin and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, they do the traditional one which right. counts actually. And they are, their design has significantly improved. Uh-huh. Um, the, the newer models are looking much nicer. So. Right. So I mean, the essential there is that since you are seeing a growth in the market, uh, you need a product at different price points. So Fitbit is serving at one price point and then Pebble comes in, they are starting at around 9,000 and 13,000 and 15,000. So you are seeing different price points there again from Fitbit. So you are going to see a product which is there at different price points and probably Xiaomi could start at the early, I mean the the entry right. level kind of a thing. Yeah, Because I see Xiaomi at, uh, I mean like even uh, 
you know, so small shopkeepers are wearing it. I don't know whether they might be getting it via while buying Xiaomi or they are buying themselves as an additional accessory, which I don't sure. But I see Xiaomi's health band everywhere, which are like. I think it is uh, very very cheap. I guess. Yeah. Something like. Thousand, two thousand rupees, something like that. Okay, and I think for promotional also they have, they were giving it with a lot of. Uh, it is basically a pedometer, I think. Like if you go to the any of the sell stores, right? Yeah. You can buy a pedometer yeah. for as low as hundred, two hundred rupees. Correct. Yeah, but uh, the, the, if I you mean, it doesn't look fancy. Exactly. Like. Yeah, that's the thing. Actually. And uh, the, the the accompanied app will basically just pulls the data and shows the map and stuff like that. So it may work only with the Xiaomi phone. Right? Xiaomi phone. Yeah. So I mean, the, the whole segment is moving up. So you are seeing a lot of category, but I'm not a big fan. I mean, smartwatch fan as of now because I, I don't see a use apart from the Garmin. What you said, which at least supports multi-sport and stuff like that. Uh, so notification is absolutely no use for me. Uh, yeah, it is actually. It, it's at some point it becomes a nuisance. Nuisance, yeah. So I. So I used to love the I mean notifications on my table. Okay. Uh, but now these days I. I mean, I switch it on only when I am driving a oh. bike or motorcycle, right? Yeah. If you are in a car or in your office, that's like an unwanted annoyance. Absolutely. Buzzing all over. Yeah, the yeah three devices <laughs> buzzing everywhere. Yeah. Uh, your desktop which is buzzing and your phone buzzing and then you are getting it and watching. So it's like absolutely nothing. So anyway, they are in India, so we'll see how well they are. I I want see this cat. I want some maker in this category to make a device which is which does not have any user interface or anything just consider bunch of sensors which can collect nicely the data in the background and then the the cloud is something which i am looking at something like where they are able to build the intelligence on the sensor data and then i won't see some product which is coming on that direction i don't see anything but i may end up buying a, a garmin so let's see. yeah so if you're looking at the new garmin I was just briefly looking at it. Yeah. It was really, really nice. Yeah. I, I don't know the reviews, eh? Yeah. Looking at the capabilities. It's I was even about to buy the previous model because the multi-sport thing is really attracts me. The, the and this does actually. Yeah. Uh, this is the 400 series. Yeah. Um, I think it does. What are I read? It does running, obviously. Yeah. Run, cycle, and swim. swim it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so even analyzes your swimming style. Style. Actually, I mean, we are not a pro swimmer. <laughs> I hardly can swim, but it's still. Yeah, I mean the, the more intelligence is more the more data you have, the more intelligence they'll be able to bring in the background actually. Right. Yeah. This is a really hard category. I mean, especially for India market, we will see more product coming on this direction. I mean, at least in this category actually. And they go well with apps like Strava. Yeah. And and I mean the kind of explosion you are seeing on the fitness and health activity in metros. Uh, I mean they have huge huge market here to move. Actually. But I think people watch if you look at if somebody is out in the market to buy a watch uh-huh. um, in like say the ten thousand five five to ten thousand range. I think they should definitely look at this Pebble Time, uh, which is a good decent watch, especially. Uh, I mean, it, you can have a new watch every day, right? Because you right, keep yeah. changing the watch faces. So software can basically yeah. change. I, I, I mean, I'm perfectly, absolutely fine with the thing which is ink display. But uh, I mean, being seeing a culture of high brightness displays here, I somehow feel uh, that could be a hindrance for them to sell the product actually. Because as a, I mean, like if you see the mobile phone category, the best sellers are the one which is like extremely well lit, bright. Devices which are like both the TV as well on the mobility right. So if we are seeing that kind of culture in Asia, which is like mostly from Singapore, Malaysia, China, India, 
and if you have a ink display i don't know how well even i don't even know how well even amazon selling here actually on the kindle you mean yeah so i because i think we see ours i think mostly we are still in a era where we love more bright and powerful i mean the more well lit illuminated devices and thing i don't know why but that's how it is okay but you see like even the mobility side the samsungs are more successful here than anywhere else on the well lit devices are more successful here okay so uh, the last news uh, which is again going back to the <laughs> laws and policies and <laughs> <laughs> i think we should start on a full separate show on lack of laws in india <laughs> for this new new kind of services and uh, right. offerings which are coming in new business model yeah new business models yeah it could be even possibly that could even should should be in a model for many uh, developing nations possibly yeah. Yeah, but this one uh, uh, i picked up because this is a new geo spatial law which, which right. government is uh, it, i think it is still in the draft or review kind of a stage mm-hmm. uh, so what it essentially is suggesting is uh, when government's complaint is big companies like google who are having um, big presence in india with their maps application and right. android phones and all that everybody is like using maps these days right okay um and that what their complaint is they are actually not showing the the information uh, the geographies properly Pro- okay uh, so they are marking few areas as disputed they are not showing yeah. a few of our uh, disputed states properly yeah. and uh, and that is what i think is in in debate yeah. and and what government is suggesting is is basically having anybody who wants to utilize his map data mm-hmm. they have to get a sort of a security clearance from the government <laughs> <laughs> which is i think like very it's not extremely yeah extreme other end of things yeah and it is not just google right if yeah. you look at all these taxi aggregator services uh, the olas and yeah. ubers and everybody is using that correct yeah even the the the, the health apps right like the yeah. strava other the trackers everybody actually so any gps enabled phones, phones yeah uh, using uh, any sort of mapping will will probably be affected here. correct no if you remember when cnn came into india they always used to uh, disputed uh, kashmir used to look very correct. different in cnn maps actually i mean like whenever cnn puts up a story about india and then the map they put on the even today i think uh, what the history and geography book what we read the map we see about india's map is not the same what is displayed in cnn or uh, any of those media actually right and uh, it could be something like it is more of a I mean, like political thing i mean like where in terms of what we claim as a geography and what actually yeah so that is what I how it is getting depicted by other nations is something which um, Correct. So, what I think you are saying is essentially that the map needs to be properly shown. Correct. These are boundaries and other things. Yeah. That is what uh, government is contesting here, yeah. actually. Uh, but it is it is a draft bill. It is in very early stages, right. and there is already just like how the the Facebook thing, uh, yeah, right, save the internet the, the, campaign. The try thing. Now there is another set of group who has created a new campaign called Save the Map. <laughs> <laughs> so you can go to save the map dot in. Okay. You can read the entire draft bill, okay. and you can even if you are not agreeing to that, you can even post your comments there. It, it basically you are mm-hmm. against that, right? So anyway, so I thought 
it will have some significant impact especially it will add another bureaucracy in the whole thing right Correct. so yeah. and especially if you're looking at lot of startups apps which are being built many of them leverage the mapping service correct and what will happen to them uh, i mean like small small startup if they are waiting in queue to get some <laughs> security clearance from government it's very counterproductive yeah and moreover for countries like india which is adjoined by other nations uh, where you have like it is not only india there are several countries have this border issue in terms of uh, what exactly what the border they climb and then what international community sees that is like slightly different and uh, so it uh, i mean like it is it is it is a problem which needs to be solved many places actually i don't know i mean like is there any un uh, uh, treaty or protocol which says how these international community need to agree on what should be the geo uh, borders for each one of them or geofencing for each one of these countries i don't know uh, but uh, this is a very complex issue it, it, it needs like kind of a I mean, much more larger uh, energies to resolve it. Right? right. Yeah. <laughs> so this is mostly not to related to the security because yeah, the, uh, it's only the depiction of the land mass in a map. Yeah. Because anyway, I think uh, government can always ask. Um, I mean, bigger map providers like Google to take out like our some of our key yeah military installations yeah. and other things. Right. Yeah. I think they have been doing it. Also. Correct. So this is more on the the boundaries. Yeah. So that dispute, I think, that is where because when we, if you remember, even the CNN, the way they show Kashmir is different from what the Indian media's uh, when they put out the map is just like I don't know even today it exists in CNN. We have watched, stopped watching CNN for a while, uh, but when this when they came into India, this issue was there. Uh, I remember it was about five, I mean, maybe ten years back. I don't exactly remember that. Anyway, so we'll see how this goes. Yes. Yeah. So if. If listeners are more interested, they can go to the site. Yeah, and hopefully, it it doesn't move in the same direction where we get used to both the maps actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll see. Okay. <laughs> that's all we had, I believe. Is there anything else you want to talk? So that's why we skipped this week, and we will do it do next, next week. week. Yeah. All right. Um, I don't have anything else. With that, thank you. Bye. Yeah. So wrap. Bye bye.